The Politocrat is brought to you by the great people at Anchor. Anchor is such a great place to go if you want to get started in podcasting. And it's easy and it's free. Anchor, marvelous stuff, marvelous. And I'm so grateful to the folks at Anchor for getting me going with The Politocrat. If you want to get going and be heard on Apple, on Spotify and everywhere podcasts can be, Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Another edition of The Politocrats. I'm Omar Moore, and it's Wednesday, April the 1st, 2020. That was The Who, and won't get fooled again. And I could uh, do a podcast episode today that got all cutesy-cutesy and packed every second with April Fool's jokes. But, nah, I'm not going to do that. Not only because of the situation that the planet is currently in. But also because I think there's some things that need to be said. And I intend to say them on this episode of The Politocrat. Because these times are urgent. And these times demand 
leadership, real leadership, clarity, information. Definitely information. Not numbers. Although numbers, the numbers I'll be talking about in this episode have nothing to do with the number of cases and have nothing to do with the number of people who have died from this coronavirus. That's not where my numbers are. My numbers are going to be focused in a very different place. The kind of numbers that you're not hearing about. The kind of numbers that you need to hear about. That is where the numbers focus will be. So I want to just say that right away. And I think that it is important to emphasize that fear, while understandable, cannot be the only option. It really cannot be an option. I am actually more comfortable saying that it cannot be the only option because I can't sit here and say to you that you shouldn't be afraid. Of course, we should be afraid. And we have left, we have been left exposed and flying blind and flying by the seat of our pants. And that is a reality. That is a reality. There's an old saying in Tennessee, I know it's in Texas, probably in Tennessee, that says, fool me once, shame on you. It fooled me, we can't get fooled again. Well, that is the question that George War Criminal Bush posed back in 2006. And yeah, that clip gets a lot of laughs now and it got a lot of laughs back then. But I think the question really becomes at this moment, will we be fooled again? And that's why I played that clip and that's why I played the song from The Who, that iconic song from The Who. Because I would like to think that we as a public here in the United States or anywhere else for that matter will not get fooled again. Because it seems that we here specifically in America time and time again are getting fooled and bamboozled. I mean, it turns out that with this pandemic, we have all been fooled. And you can start with the fact that back on February the 7th of this year, the Department of State, the State Department headed by Mike Pompeo, 
you know, the guy who said a year ago, since we are in April now, he said this back in April 2019, you know, well, when I was at the CIA, we lied, we cheated, we stole, we lied, we cheated, we stole. Ha, 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 ha. There's video of that online. I'm not going to waste your time, your precious time, playing it. There's other things I will be playing during the course of this podcast, though, that I do think are important to listen to. So uh, please do um, be aware of that. But it was Mike Pompeo's State Department who sent out a press release on February the 7th, 2020. And it's still up on their website. I have also taken care to screenshot it as well. And it's still there. As far as I know, the last time I looked was, I guess, a couple of days ago now. Where the United States government, the Trump administration sent to China some 18 tons, one-eight tons of personal protective equipment. That happened back in February. February the 7th. February is one of the pivotal months, actually, of this whole thing. And I will explain why. But it's definitely February that is a key point. One of the key months, as is January of this year. Department of State, press statement, Michael R. Pompeo, Secretary of State, February 7th, 2020. The United States announces assistance to combat the novel coronavirus. This is February the 7th, folks. This is now nearly two months ago. This week, the State Department has facilitated the transportation of nearly 17.8 tons of donated medical supplies to the Chinese people, including masks, gowns, gauze, respirators, and other vital materials. These donations are a testament to the generosity of the American people. Today, the United States government is announcing it is prepared to spend up to $100 million in existing funds to exist to assist China and other impacted countries, both directly and through multilateral organizations, to contain and combat the novel coronavirus. This commitment, along with the hundreds of millions generous, generously donated by the American private sector, companies like Apple, companies like, you know, you name the companies, demonstrates strong U.S. leadership in response to the outbreak. 
That is part of a February 7th, 2020 press release by the Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo. So he sent equipment to China last month, nearly 18 tons of it, 17, nearly 17.8 tons. Okay, let's make it 18 tons. With these medical supplies, masks, gowns, gauze, respirators, and other vital materials, I'm quoting directly from the press release that I just read to you, part of which I just read to you. And I'm going to come back to that a little bit later on. Where is all of this equipment for doctors and nurses? Where is the 17.8 tons of medical supplies for doctors and nurses? Donald Trump is saying that he didn't know how bad this was going to be. And he's telling Fox News, his favorite source of propaganda, that New York doesn't need 40,000, 30,000 ventilators. But yet, more than seven weeks before that, his government, he and the State Department sent nearly 18 tons of medical supplies to China, including masks, gowns, gauze, and respirators, and other vital materials. Again, I quote from the press release from Mike Pompeo. So it seems as if the people of China, incidentally, a communist country led by a dictator named Xi, are more important to Donald Trump than the American people are. This is really an impeachable offense. I mean, this is really, I'm not saying that the Chinese should not be helped. They should be helped. But where is Donald Trump helping Americans? China gets 18 million tons of PPE. In North Korea, the dictator there, Kim Jong-un, gets a letter from Donald Trump last month offering his help to North Korea and that dictator. And meanwhile, Americans get wash your hands, Practice social distancing, stay six feet apart, and stay home. That's what Americans get. And they get confusing and equivocal orders from state and local governments. And those have been as arguably as much responsible as selfish people have been who go out in clusters. Now that's happening less now with the selfish people. The selfish people are getting it now because they are now seeing people dying. They are watching the news wherever they get their news.
state and local governments have not necessarily been at their best either here. It's easy to tell people to wash their hands and all of this and stay home. But there's very real realities for some people. The price of staying home could mean their lives. I've talked about this before. Particularly women in situations of domestic violence. What are survivors of domestic violence, male or female? But it's predominantly women. Overwhelmingly, it's women who are targeted in domestic violence situations. What are survivors supposed to do when there is not enough protection from local government and state government to begin with where domestic violence survivors are concerned? Where if they call police, they can end up being killed? Where if they get temporary restraining orders? They can end up being killed. And as for these confusing and equivocal orders. Stay home except for, well, you can go to the grocery store. Stay home except for, well, you can pick up delivery from a restaurant that's supposed to be closed. Except for takeout. Well, stay home. Except you can go out and do a short walk, a run, a little exercise. And exercise is important, don't get me wrong. Exercise is very important. My point here is, I think that city and state officials in the United States knew about this pandemic in January. And I think that they were simply ill-prepared. I just think that they were ill-prepared. But I definitely think they knew about this in January of this year, and they should have done a whole lot more. The mayor of this wonderful city, San Francisco, the mayor, London Breed, called a declared a state of emergency for San Francisco back on February 22nd to 23rd, right around there of this year, 2020. Did she not know before February 22nd to 23rd? I mean, United States senators were briefed about this pandemic in January of this year during the Trump impeachment sham trial, for God's sakes. They were briefed in January of this year during the Trump impeachment sham trial. If the United States Senate was briefed in January of this year, when were city and state officials all across America briefed about this pandemic? You know what? 
it's not necessarily that we've been fooled. But we have been played. Jackson Brown with which side? Welcome back to the politocrat. I mean, these issues are really the crux of what's going on here with the kind of foolery that's being engaged in and perpetrated. Information is very important. And one thing that you will always get here at The Politocrat is information. And information that is based on sources and sources that are credible, reputable, established sources that are accurate. And I think that there is... Something to be said for that, because I think it's important to get information and it's important once again to have information, particularly now when people are uncertain. We are living in an uncertain age. We are living in an age of fear. And I have said on many occasions that this is, this year's election is going to be a fear election. Totally. It, it has been set up that way, in my view. From the beginning, it had always been about, well, who's best, who's, who can best beat Trump? Who's going to beat him? And it's never been framed as, what kind of values does the person who's going to beat him have? What kind of values and what kind of ethic do they have? What kind of policies do they have? Those things have all been pushed to the background. And proof of that is, of course, the fact that Joe Biden has not presented any real policy. People, the average person, could not tell you what Joe Biden stands for. And even in general, voters 
in my view, do not vote based largely on policy. Now, some voters obviously do. But I think the average person, at least in the United States of America, if not in other places around the globe, the average voter does not know a lot of the policies of the people that they're voting for. The average voter, in my view, doesn't. The average voter probably doesn't even, let's face it, even have the time to get acquainted with the policies because they are busy trying to feed their families and they're working three jobs or two jobs. So I I do want to point that out as well here. But here's something I want to also point out. Listen to this report from Fox 11 News. And it is quite interesting. It's about a minute and a half. So listen to this. Is reckless. Now, at this point, I did reach out to the LAPD to see if they are following up. Believe what she saw in this video showing an Amazon delivery driver who appeared to spit on his hand and wipe it on a package delivered to her neighbor's door. The video posted to social media shows the gross scene that unfolded around 6 o'clock Thursday night in Hancock Park. The recipients didn't want to go on camera, but say they went to retrieve the package and noticed it was wet. At first, they thought a dog had urinated on it, so they decided to look at their ring camera video and were horrified. The proof was in the pudding seeing that video and they just wanted us all to be warned and be on the lookout. The residents quickly decontaminated themselves and called police and Amazon. We also reached out to the company who told us the delivery person is no longer delivering packages for the company. And, quote, we are aggressively investigating. If it truly was a malicious act by the driver, we will be sure he is held accountable up through and including law enforcement action. Meanwhile, the residents say they posted the incident on social media to warn their neighbors. And Tammy Minoff is glad they did. I hope it's really taken seriously by Amazon and everybody in charge. You know, it's uh, it's serious. Now, the people who did receive that package tell me that they weren't sure if it was a deliberate act, but they say during this pandemic, it was definitely uh, could be described as reckless. Now, at this point, I did reach out to the LAPD to see if they are following up on it, and they haven't gotten back to me. That's the latest live here in Hancock Park. We'll send it back to you guys in the studio. That's Fox News 11 in Los Angeles. Can I ask a question here? Does it matter whether it was deliberate or not what that disgusting worker did? Does it really matter whether it was deliberate or whether it was something else? People in the media are asking the entirely wrong question. And we can't afford to be fooled by the wrong question. That Amazon worker is despicable. And I'm glad that he's been fired. But he should also be prosecuted as well. There is no accidentally spitting on or plastering your saliva on a package that you are delivering 
There is no accidental. Spitting on packages. It, it, it just doesn't happen accidentally. That you put, and you can't, couldn't see it obviously because you're listening to me, but you have all these wet marks, big globs of wet marks all over someone's packaging. That's not some accident. And the test is not whether or not this was an accident or whether it wasn't. The fact is it happened and it needs to be punished. That's the issue. It needs to be punished. But here's the other thing that, that the reporters are not talking about as much. This is from Time Magazine. Time.com from March the 31st, just yesterday, 2020. And I think this is also done through Bloomberg Media as well. Headline, taking action cost me my job. Amazon fires worker who led coronavirus strike. This is by Joss, I mean, say this again now. This story is by Josh Idelson, E-I-D-E-L-S-O-N, and Luke Kawa. Luke, and then his last name is K-A-W-A. And I think that, <clears throat> excuse me, and I think this was first in Bloomberg. But nonetheless, it's also on time.com. March 31st, 2020. Chris Smalls, an Amazon Fulfillment Center employee said the company fired him after he led a strike at a warehouse in Staten Island, New York, over coronavirus safety conditions. Quote, taking action cost me my job, end quote, Small said Monday in a Bloomberg TV interview. Quote, because I tried to stand up for something that's right, the company decided to retaliate against me. A group of workers at the Staten Island Fulfillment Center walked off the job Monday to demand Amazon close the facility for extended cleaning, the latest in a wave of virus-related protests. They say a number of their colleagues there were diagnosed with COVID-19. Organizers say more than 60 workers, 6-0 workers, participated in the protest. In a statement Monday night, New York State Attorney General Letitia James called Smalls firing, quote, immoral and inhumane, end quote. James urged the National Labor Relations Board to investigate the incident and said her office is, quote, considering all legal options as well. Now, that's the story that needs more coverage. That's the story that I think needs a whole lot more coverage. Bill de Blasio, the mayor of New York City, has apparently also joined the calls to investigate Amazon and their firing of Chris Smalls. And you have a right to organize. 
And I want to get into this a bit more, hopefully tomorrow, about unions, but specifically about infrastructure. I do intend uh, to do a podcast, hopefully soon in the, in the coming days, about unions and, and, and specific unions as well. And one of the things I'll be talking about is infrastructure. And I'm going to be talking about infrastructure separately uh, in the next day or so. Because infrastructure is the key to all of why this is going on right now, in my view. And the media won't talk about this. They just will not talk about this. So you've got workers being fired for protesting conditions. You've got workers being fired for uh, putting saliva, which is disgusting, of course, on packages. And then you've got Jeff Bezos of Amazon, right? You have an Amazon worker who put saliva on a packet on packages, caught on video doing so. And the question is, well, did he do it deliberately or did he do it accidentally? <laughs> Wrong question. Then you've got Chris Smalls protesting because he and other workers are being told to continue to work despite the fact that people at that company have COVID-19 and the, the, the management are being vile and reptilian. And then he is being fired for exercising his First Amendment rights. And then you've got Jeff Bezos, who, by the way, can I tell you something about Jeff Bezos? He sold stocks to the tune of around $4 billion just before news of this pandemic hit. The Guardian did an article about this, by the way. I don't have the time to get into that article uh, because I've got some other things I want to get to. But let me tell you something. Jeff Bezos, I think, knew about this pandemic too. And that, to me, is the bigger crime. It's the huge crime. You're selling stock. You're engaging in insider trading. And by the way, can I tell you something else about Jeff Bezos and Amazon? Since we are talking about them, can I tell you something, a little something that you might want to know about Jeff Bezos and Amazon? So in February, he gets to sell four, almost $4 billion or so of stock in the stock market, cashing out before shit really hits the fan. And can I tell you something? For 2019, Amazon paid no taxes, no federal income taxes whatsoever. And by the way, you know what else about 2019? Amazon got a $129 million tax refund from the federal government. Welcome back to the Politocrat. Here's another case of Amazon doing what it does so well, abuse workers, 
commit what are human rights violations against their own workers. Almost exactly a year ago now, from The Guardian, by Michael Sainato, S-A-I-N-A-T-O, Tuesday, April the 2nd, 2019, so it's a year ago. Tomorrow is the anniversary. Headline from The Guardian revealed Amazon employees are left to suffer after workplace injuries. I'm going to just read just a portion of this to you. Amazon made its CEO the wealthiest person in the world. So why can't the company care for those injured while working there? That's the subheading. Michelle Michelle Quinones, 27, started working at a Fort Worth, Texas, Amazon Fulfillment Center in July 2017 as an order picker, where she spent long hours on overnight shifts in the Amazon warehouse meeting mandatory rates for filling orders. A few months into the job, Quinones started having carpal tunnel symptoms. She was sent back to work at least 10 times from her warehouse's Amcare clinic put in place to provide Amazon employees with on-site first aid. By November 2017, Quinones' carpal tunnel progressed to the point where her right wrist required surgery to repair damage to her tendons. But Amazon's workers' compensation insurer did not authorize surgery until February 2019 after more than a year of court battles. Amazon's rapid growth has turned its CEO, Jeff Bezos, into the wealthiest person in the world with an estimated net worth of $148.7 billion. Meanwhile, the company's workers have long reported brutal working conditions in Amazon warehouses. A Guardian investigation has revealed numerous cases where Amazon workers are left to suffer after sustaining workplace injuries, leaving them unable to work, deprived of income, and forced to fight for months to receive benefits and medical care. Quote, it's been a long 17 months. I ended up losing everything. I lost my apartment. I had to move back home to New Jersey, Quinones told The Guardian. Shortly after her injury, Quinones explained, Amazon's leave of absence team told her she had to return to work as a picker in December 2017 against her doctor's orders. Amazon didn't offer a different assignment to accommodate her medical restrictions until December 2018. Shortly before Quinones' workers' compensation court date against Amazon was scheduled. In April 2017, Amazon's workers' compensation insurer, Sedgwick, even hired a private investigator who conducted surveillance on Quinones' to try to disprove her injury claim. A Cedric doc- 
document provided to the guardian cited the company authorized an, in an assignment requesting two days of surveillance on Quinones in February 2018 to, quote, determine her activity level, end quote. If that does not get you to think about Amazon in a different way, then nothing will. And there are stories like this all over the world where Amazon is concerned. In Milton Keynes in England, the same kinds of stories. In plants all over the world, in Eastern Europe, across Europe, elsewhere. These kinds of stories are being told over and over and over and over and over again. And even worse than this story that I just read to you. Now look, what I just read to you may not make a difference to you. You may still be purchasing things from Amazon. And you have a right to do that. I have stopped for quite some time now, even before I knew of this story, and this story is a year old. I have stopped purchasing anything from Amazon. And one of the reasons I did that was because, not just with these stories, because I didn't even know about this particular story. I had known about stories back in 2018 and 17. But one of the reasons I stopped purchasing things from Amazon is because they hadn't been paying their workers and they don't give them any health insurance. Very little protections whatsoever. And there are people out there like Bernie Sanders, among others, who have been pushing for several years for a minimum wage of at least $15 an hour. And Amazon workers, at least some of them, are being paid that apparently now. Not because they wanted to, but because they were forced to, pressured to, lobbied to protested against and in shame they succumbed and their shame forced them into it and the people who protested forced them into it but these abuses these human rights abuses continue i have also stopped patronizing whole foods and it's sad because whole foods at least for a while had food that was healthy food that had real quality taste to it organic stuff that I really could get into and yum, 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 I love it. But now I'm having to get my organic produce from elsewhere. Now, I'm not going to farmer's markets because why would you be going to farmer's markets now? I mean, why would you, quite frankly, be going to grocery stores now? Obviously, you need the necessities. Obviously, you do. But farmer's markets at this time, I think it's... Pretty negligent of them to be open. But that's another story. The story here is Amazon is really not getting the kind of coverage it should be getting. It's fine and dandy for Fox 11 in Los Angeles to have a story about some disgusting creature 
putting saliva all over packages and then have this phony debate about, well, is it deliberate or is it not? So you can weaponize one guy and use that one guy as the Amazon worker that you hate when you hear stories about Amazon workers protesting conditions that are worse than well, that are human rights abuses, I'll put it that way. So that when you hear that story, if the media dares tell it, if Fox 11 dares tell it, that Amazon workers are being fired for protesting these inhumane conditions, that Amazon workers like Michelle Quinones, who have carpal tunnel and are told to continue to work and have people putting surveillance on her like the freaking CIA or FBI for two weeks, you don't feel sympathy for them because this guy over here, this disgusting cretin, this degenerate is putting saliva on packages. So that outweighs anything you hear about the human rights abuses of Amazon and Jeff Bezos and Jeff Bezos, the world's richest human being, cashing out to the tune of four billion dollars before a pandemic on what I would consider insider trading. You don't think about any of that part of the equation. You don't think about the part of the equation that says Amazon didn't have to pay a single dime of federal tax in 2019. You don't think about the part that says that Amazon on top of that got a federal tax refund of $129 million. Because you're looking at what you see directly in front of you, which is this degenerate worker putting his saliva all over your package. And I'm not condoning what that guy did. He's got to be fired. He's got to be prosecuted. And then Amazon is asking, well, is it deliberate or is it not? And that's the frame? That's how this gets framed? I don't think so. Pour myself a cup of ambition and yawn and stretch and try to come to life. Jump in the shower and the blood starts pumping. Out on the streets, the traffic starts jumping with folks like me on the job from nine to five. Working nine to five. What a way to make a living. Barely getting by. It's all taken and no giving. They just use your mind and they never give you credit. Nine to five from Dolly Parton, of course, that uh, 
great movie, actually, 9 to 5. I think it was a TV series as well. I don't even remember now, my goodness. 9 to 5, Dolly Parton. And look, this is the reality here. This is the reality of what's going on. And again, I'm going to talk at some point in the next day or two more about the infrastructure side of all of this and the, uh, I think, the larger grand scheme picture. And then also what can be done in terms of dealing with that and addressing it. But I want to get back to, I think, one of the other big themes is the haves and the have-nots. And that's really been the point as well today at this episode of The Politocrat, which is to deal with the haves and the have-nots and being fooled or not fooled. And the kinds of foolery that is being perpetrated on the American public. I mean, it is. We've got foolery, we've got fear, and we've got misinformation out there, and we've got exploitation out there. And these things are a deadly mix. And I want to get back to this. What on earth is the point? of testing only those with severe symptoms. When healthcare workers, nurses, doctors themselves are not being tested at all. I just don't understand that. Why are nurses and doctors not being tested? And why are Celebrities being tested, the movie stars and athletes. I mean, I I really want to know, nurses are putting themselves on the front line. Doctors are putting themselves on the front line. They are doing the work that is going to determine someone's life or death in this situation of coronavirus, this pandemic. And the WHO has said this is the biggest challenge that the planet has had to face since World War II. I would argue that it is as big as the Spanish flu back in 1918. Certainly has that potential. I mean, look, the Spanish flu killed about 50-50 million people in 1918. 102 years ago. So there are some big, big challenges. And I think that what happens here over the next month, we're now in April, will determine whether or not we do, God forbid, venture into that territory. And I said I would try to stay away from certain type of, types of numbers and give you other numbers, numbers that you really need to hear, but you're not hearing or not hearing enough of in the corporate news media. So I say again, what is the point of testing only those with severe symptoms and not others, like nurses and doctors themselves, who are in serious danger? Here is an article that I will read part of. It appears in commondreams.org. 
The title of this article is Nurses. We are the canaries in the cone. No, let me say that again. Nurses, we are the canaries in the coronavirus mine. This is by Amy Silverman, who is a nurse herself. Nurses are the canaries in the coal mine. We can sing from our cages about the impending catastrophic damage, but the miners aren't listening. They are too frightened, arguing with each other over useless accounts of who is to blame for the toxic gases filling their lungs. Unless we take collective action and force accountability upon those in power, unless we realize that it is our right to demand our profession's values be respected regardless of the political circumstances, unless we work together to unlock each other's individual cages, our warnings will be in vain. You deserve to know the truth. Healthcare workers are falling ill by the thousands. Some are dying. An unknown number are in critical condition and there are no tests. Hospitals aren't testing their workers unless they have obvious symptoms, but we all know that sources of infection aren't limited to those of us who seek care in emergency rooms. Hospitals should be testing all of their workers in order to understand how to control infection within their facility. And the White House regularly broadcasts support of this strategy by relaying the message that, quote, everyone who needs a test will get a test, end quote. Yet the opposite is happening. We are spreading the virus throughout our healthcare systems, within our families and communities. There are no official statistics on the number of nurses who have been tested or who have become ill with COVID-19. This information is not publicized. The media doesn't want you keeping track of the hundreds or thousands of healthcare providers in your state who have become ill. There are no regulators or advocacy organizations, unions or politicians acting on our behalf. We can make calls and file complaints with OSHA, the BON, the Joint Commission, the USDOL to no avail. We can write letters and send emails to our mayors, governors, representatives, and healthcare executives until the entire system collapses. And then what? We have patients who contract COVID-19 while in hospital, including pregnant and laboring women, and we don't know the source of their infections. Hospitals face no penalty for this, unlike all other hospital-acquired infections which are monitored and tracked by the federal government as a way of enforcing a federal standard of what is an unacceptable consequence of hospital care. Regulators impose no fines, no penalties, no legislation on healthcare organizations who clearly violate these basic safety standards and instead they change their regulations to support the unsafe practices while employee health and HR departments tell workers 
who contract the virus as a result of their occupational exposure, that it's an unprovable and unsubstantiated claim. That is part of a opinion piece written by, opinion story written by Amy Silverman, who is a nurse. This is some really rough stuff, to say the least. This is the story that you are not getting in the corporate news media. This is the story of that particular nurse and nurses all over the country, doctors all over the country who are saying that many of their profession are getting infected and getting sick with this virus. And we are heaping praise on healthcare workers and carers. We applaud them like we did in the UK last week, thanking the NHS, and we do thank them. But the best way to thank the NHS, the best way to thank the organizations of nurses here in the United States, the best way to thank doctors and thank nurses and other carers and grocery store workers is to test them, is to test them. And Speaker Nancy Pelosi has said this over and over, and she speaks about this in triplicate all the time. Testing, testing, testing. Test, test, test. And the tests are not being done. They're not being done for the average person. They're not being done for the healthcare worker, the doctor, the nurse, the carer, the grocery store person that you're going to. Well, stay indoors. Stay indoors as long as you, uh, you can get to go out and buy groceries. It's still not being enforced. The social distancing in some places is being enforced and people are following that. But it's not consistent. And just yesterday, the San Francisco Department of Public Health put out a guideline, a public order that declared that the shelter in place at home requirement for all of San Francisco will now be extended through May the 3rd. Another month plus of staying indoors, sheltering at home, and going out only for essentials. And they've tightened that a bit. They are now talking about only two people, just like Boris Johnson did last week. Only two people together at any given time. And there could be enforcement of this by the police if it is not happening. So they are tightening things up. But again, nurses, doctors are not being tested. Nurses are not being tested. We don't know what are the numbers of doctors and nurses who are being tested. Amy Silverman brings up a very important point, and I urge you to read that story, part of which I just read. I urge you to read that. It's called Nurses, We Are the Canaries in the Coronavirus Mine. Why is it that 
celebrities and movie stars and musicians and athletes are getting these tests and the public are not. Why is it that you and I are wondering whether or not we have this virus? I don't know whether I have this virus. And you, you right now listening to this, unless you are obviously getting these symptoms of the dry cough, you know, the persistent cough, difficulty breathing, the fever, the loss of smell. If you are getting those things, if you are having those symptoms right now, the chart, those, those, all I can tell you is, is that those are the symptoms of coronavirus, COVID-19, as explained by the World Health Organization. Those are the symptoms. But you can't get tested right now in the United States if you have those symptoms. The symptoms have to be really, really bad. You literally have to be unable to breathe in order to get seen to in the emergency room. You literally have to be gasping your last breaths. Tightness in the chest is not good enough. If you're getting tightness in the chest like Chris Cuomo is now, Chris Cuomo has coronavirus. He is, of course, a news person on CNN. He's been in the news business for some time now with ABC News before that. He has his own show every night on CNN. If you're Chris Cuomo, but you're an average individual, not in the public eye, chest pains or tightness in your chest is not going to be good enough. Believe me. You literally will have to be gasping for air, having difficulty breathing before they even test you, before they even look at you. And that has to do a lot more with infrastructure. It has a lot more to do with a system being overwhelmed because of an infrastructure that has been broken. And I'm going to get into that part of the equation as kind of, again, a companion to this particular episode. Because people need to know about what is really going on that they're not getting from watching the usual suspects of CNN and MSNBC. And of course, Fox. Because Fox, forget it. And I know people watch Fox. I know people who actually watch Fox. And I know people in general who are out there who do watch Fox. Fox is the most watched news network in the US of A. And then you've got governors down in places controlled by Republicans telling their constituents, go out, have a good time. You don't have to practice social distancing. It's okay. We're going to keep a few of these beaches open. Go ahead. And they really mean go ahead and die. It's an absolute sin. And you've got doctors and nurses, you've got nurses who are not being tested. But it's okay. Get on CNN and praise nurses. Interview a nurse. I'm doing God's work. I know I have to do this. But have no discussion whatsoever about why it is that nurses are not being tested. Why is it that nurses are not being tested? It's well and good to have a nurse on there and thank her 
for what she's doing or thank him for what he's doing as a nurse. And yes, thank you very much for doing these things. But as I said, the best thank you is to test nurses. The best thank you is to make sure that nurses have testing, to make sure that doctors have testing. That is how you thank them. You need to advocate on behalf of doctors and nurses right now. That's what you need to do. I would call Congress at 202-225-3121. I would emphasize the need to get in touch with your congressperson and your two senators. Advocate on behalf of these people to get tests. Tell your senators that right now, please. I think that's the best thing that we can do. It's the least that we can do. And let's thank nurses and doctors and grocery workers with compassion instead of what they do in parts of England, which is shout at grocery store workers, defy and disregard social distancing regulations. That is not what we need. We need compassion We need love and we need more selflessness. We need much more selflessness in this country and in this world. Omar Moore here. And I just want to say thank you so very much for listening to The Politocrat. That you would spend any of your time listening to this podcast means the world to me. Especially in these very challenging times in which we live. So I just want to say once again, thank you so very much to everybody who is listening, each and every one of you. It's greatly appreciated. Continue to spread the word about the politocrat. And I just want to say that now more than ever, we need love, compassion, understanding, respect, care, empathy, all of those things we need for each other and toward each other. Now, more than ever. Thank you. Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson and Idris Elba and Patrick McEnroe and Senator Rand Paul and Chris Cuomo and all of these other celebrities and politicians should not be the only ones being tested. Why is it that Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson. Halfway around the world, across the entire other side of the world, in Australia, down under, can get tested, can get a test for this coronavirus. And people right here, everyday people, people dying, and the the numbers are going up and up and up in the thousands and thousands. How come none of them are getting tested? How come we're telling people, well, if you've got chest pains, well, you've got to be really, really sick. You've got to be uh, gasping. That is what you're essentially being told. That's what you're being told. You've got symptoms, tough it out. Tough it out, buddy. You're strong. That is not a system that is working for 
the vast majority of people out there. There are tests out there. Obviously, there are tests out there. Tests exist. Clearly, they do. They just don't exist for you, the everyday person. They just do not exist for you. So we get into the game of, and I've done it, going on Twitter and saying, I'm sorry to these celebrities. I'm sorry that you are going through this with this virus. And I am actually genuinely sorry that anybody's going through this. But the other part of that is, why is it that only high-profile, powerful people are being tested? And yet the vast majority of Americans still haven't been. Californians haven't been. I haven't been tested. I'm here in California. I've not been tested. I don't have any symptoms at all. And we know that asymptomatic people can get this virus, can get the COVID-19 virus. And we don't know it. And then we're spreading it, which is why the stay at home advice is actually good if you have a home that you can stay in. But we need testing for everybody. I've said this for so long to people I know. We need testing. I had a conversation with someone just last night about this. Everybody needs to be tested. These nurses definitely need to be tested. These doctors definitely need to be tested. Grocery store workers definitely need to be tested. Delivery people need to be tested. But meanwhile, celebrities are being tested. Celebrities, NBA players, tennis athletes. They're all being tested. They're, they've got test kits. They've got access to them. So tests are out there. Meanwhile, the State Department sending 18 tons of protective equipment, masks, everything to China. Where is where is 18 tons of medical equipment, PPEs, ventilators for American states, for the governors of these states who are still begging and pleading with Trump to do his job and send ventilators. You've got people on TV, governors, we've got one more day left of supplies here. We've got one week left of supplies here. We've got six days left of supplies here. But 18 tons of PPEs, ventilators, masks, and gowns have gone to China back in February. And you know what China's doing now that they're getting their rates under control? They're actually shipping back much of this equipment that was sent to them by the State Department. And they're charging them. They're selling it back to them. This is how insane it gets. The Chinese are actually selling this back. Xi and company over there are selling the same things back to America that six weeks or seven weeks ago, nearly a month ago, that America's State Department here through Mike Pompeo sent to China. 
That is insanity, folks. Meanwhile, on March 25th, this is a message from Apple CEO Tim Cook. It's in these toughest times that we show our greatest strength, and I know that we'll rise to the... Now, let me get, let me get this synced up properly. This is the message on April, excuse me, March the 25th of this year from Apple CEO Tim Cook. Not Tim Apple. His name ain't Tim Apple. It's Tim Cook. Listen to what Tim Cook had to say on March the 25th in this video that he sent out on Twitter from his Twitter handle. Hi, it's Tim. I'm working from home like I know many of you are doing, and I just wanted to take a moment to encourage you to do what the experts are suggesting that we all do, to stay at home whenever possible, and when not possible, make sure you're placing six feet of distance between you and anyone else out there. I'm also very pleased to tell you this morning that Apple is, has sourced, procured, and is donating 10 million masks to the medical community in the United States. These people deserve our debt of gratitude for all of the work that they're doing on the front lines. I also want to take a moment this morning to recognize the people that we're all counting on to work, from the warehouse workers to the delivery people, to the people that are stocking the shelves at our local supermarkets and pharmacies. These people also deserve our debt of gratitude. It's in these toughest times that we show our greatest strength, and I know that we'll rise to the occasion. Thank you and stay safe and healthy out there. Two things I have for Tim Cook. One of those things is, where was your message saying that nurses and doctors and all these people you praise, like grocery store workers and delivery people, be tested? Where was that portion of your message, Tim? That was a video from just a week ago now, the 25th of March. Where was that portion of your message to test people? We owe them a great a debt of gratitude and thank you very much. And look, I'm not trying to... Look, listen, yes, we should thank them, but you thank them with tests. Testing, Tim. Testing. You can give them all the masks they want, but if you do not test... The grocery store workers, the nurses, the doctors, the warehouse workers, the Amazon workers. If you do not test them, they will continue to get sick and they will spread this virus to the people that they are delivering product to, to the people that they are serving in grocery stores, to the people that they are trying to save the lives of to the people around them. That's one part of the question for Tim Cook. You know what the other part is, Tim? 10 million masks? I was off by a million. 10 million masks? You have sourced and procured them from where? Where did you source those from? Where did you procure those masks from? Was it China? 
Was it from the source of 18 tons of equipment that China got from the State Department here, from Mike Pompeo? Where did you get these 10 million masks from? And then my question is actually a third question. Do you have ventilators? Do you have any more masks? Is that 10 million masks that you've procured, is that all you have or do you have more? And if you do have more, where are they? Where are these masks that people are now scrambling for? I've got people I know ordering hundreds of these masks from Walmart online, having to pay tons of money for them. And I've got Donald Trump on TV telling us, oh, well, you know, you can use a scarf. And I am using a scarf if I go out and I don't go out. I, I do not do that except for exercise early in the morning when no one's around. That's the way to do it. If you're going to go out at all, go out for exercise if you can, if you are physically able and do it early in the morning. Please, it will make a difference to you. But those are my questions for Tim Cook. Those are my questions for Tim Cook. Where are the masks? Where are the tests? Where are the ventilators? We've been fooled. We've been fooled. I mean, we really have been fooled. But the question is, will we get fooled again? You tell me, will we? Same as the